The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay in the house. Jeff, does it get better than this? Is this one of the finest days of the year? You can talk. I'm just, just making sure I'm, I'm <laughs> good to go. Opening, opening day, the Masters yeah. is underway after a little weather in Augusta. What a day. Uh, what a day. Opening day, the Masters. Opening day, of the baseball season. Uh, Bill Krakenberger will join us. Hour number two today. Will Hill, the host of the New York City Cast uh, podcast, will join us to talk all things, probably basketball and baseball uh, and the Masters. Mark Borchard from BetUS. Look at that. Mark Borchard at BetUS, our old staple. Getting down with us uh, later today to talk uh, baseball with us. Todd Wright from Augusta itself. One of the great uh, radio broadcasters of all time. Todd Wright from Augusta National. His seventh Masters appearance. He felt the need to tell us this was his seventh appearance at the Masters. So we'll get get the word from Todd. We have tennis picks coming up as well. We either went 1-0 or 1-1 yesterday, depending on what book you bet the... uh, the second match, or what would end up being really the first chronologically yesterday. We'll get into all that. But first, former major leaguer, uh, he is an analyst on Atlanta Braves broadcast. He's going to do about 105 games with the Braves, as he always does on Bally South and Bally Southeast. But he's also now uh, joining uh, a new package on MLB on TBS Tuesday night, where he'll do about 10 games as an analyst. Jeff Frank Coor joins us. How you doing, Jeff? 
Good. Doing great, man. You said it best. The best day of the year. Opening day in the Masters. I mean, good Lord. All right, so, so let me just ask you as a former major leaguer, how, like, how much of your, like, how much percentage of your time is staring at the Masters? How much will be staring at baseball today? Masters. I hate to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I love baseball. And, uh, you know, I get 162. The good news, you know, for me is that, you know, with, with well, good news for me, bad news for our, our station. But, you know, with ESPN picking the Braves game up tonight, you know, we're not doing our first game till tomorrow. So it's going to be nice. I'm going to get to sit on the back porch, watch the whole Masters, cook a steak, and then get to watch the Braves tonight at 8. So it's, it's – and. And for here in Atlanta and down in Augusta, it's a beautiful day today, mid-60s and sunny. Well, last thing about the Masters. Did, when baseball was having its contentious negotiations, right, and obviously I understand why it didn't go two weeks because the players didn't want to get into whole service time shenanigans and owners were all too happy, uh, you know, uh, canceling games at the outset, but they compromised on this one-week thing. Was there no one in the room to say, hey, you know, the opening day would be the first day of the Masters? Like, no one said that out loud? No, and, you know, the thing for me is I was going to go. I, you know, I've been a few times. But I was going to go Saturday and Sunday, and I'm like, you know, could they not wait it for Monday for opening day? Saying, you know, show man. some respect. Okay, well, <laughs> let's start with your Braves, uh, for whom you do uh, broadcasting. That's your primary gig these days. Uh, they are the defending champions, so it's, it's only appropriate we start with them. It is a very top-heavy division, though with the Mets already dealing with injuries again, a rite of passage for the Mets. And, of course, the Phillies, a very in vogue pick by a lot of sports bettors to win that division. How do you feel about the Braves positioning there? Well, you know what? For four straight years now, and, and three years, the first year, absolutely. But the Braves, it seems, continue to not be the pick for a lot of people. And, you know, look, I think this team for the Braves this year is loaded compared to last year. And I know they went on that run, and that's what helps. But I'll, I'll continuously say this. The Phillies and Mets are going to be really good again. The Mets, you said it. they got to stay healthy. And if you don't have DeGrom and Scherzer out there pitching, I'm sorry, you're not winning the division, uh, you know, if they're not out there consistently. And with the Phillies, I will say it, until I see that bullpen be able to hold leads, not just through April, but through the season – you know, I'm, I'm just not picking against the Braves again. I, I mean, you look at their team, they're complete. The bullpen, um, you know, is, is even better with Kenley Jansen coming over. So, you know, again, I think, you know, it'd be tough for me not to pick the Braves to win that division. What did you make? And I don't want to make I don't want to make too much of this, but there was a quote for Ronald Acuna Jr. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, where he's like, "Well, I could never approach Freddie Freeman. Uh, he wasn't someone I could talk to." Did you see that? And what did you make of it? You know, I think it's like anything. You know, the Braves were a very young team outside of Freddie, and I think you know when I was came back in '16, my last year was me, Kelly Johnson, AJ Przezinski. You know, Freddie was with us all the time and, and would hang. And I, I just think sometimes dynamics of teams change. And you know, look, I love Freddie. This the city of Atlanta will, will always love him. I know it didn't turn out the way everybody wanted it to, but. You know, at the end of the day, look, the Braves got a great first baseman. They got younger. And, you know, Freddie was able to go home to where he lives, and he's going to be on a team where, to me, he's got more veteran guys that he can be with. So we'll see how it shakes out. But, but again, like I said, the dynamic of the Braves clubhouse, you know, changed over the last three, four years. Doesn't mean it changed for the worse, but it just changed. Who, Jeff, do you think, and you could either answer this American League or National League, but obviously an expanded postseason this season, Who's the team that nobody is really thinking about 
that you feel is uh, that is capable of making a postseason, either American League or National League? Well, I, you know, I'm sure some people are talking about them in a way, but, you know, the Blue Jays to me are the team that they got hot the last two, three months of the season. If they had another two, three weeks, they'd have been in that playoff last year and could have done some damage. So I think for all the talk with the Rays, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox, I, you know, look, man, I, I think the Blue Jays are are right there. You know, I, I think, you know, they have every opportunity. Um you know, to make it. And then, and then, you know, in the, in the central, you know, National League Central, you always got the Brewers and for good reason, but I never put it past the Cardinals to put a good little run together. You know, I think they got a lot of talent. They could pick up some guys at the break. Their big thing is they've got to be able to score runs. You know, I watched them last year go through stretches where pitching wise, they did really good. They just weren't able to score. So I think the Cardinals are a team that could sneak in and can always get dangerous. Talking to Jeff Francoeur on the uh, morning of the opening day of Major League Baseball. The, t- the club that will win its division by the most will be which club? I just think the Dodgers. Uh, um, you know, I, I think the Giants are going to be really good again this year. You know, I don't know that they get as hot as they did last year. Um, you know, from, from a standpoint, too, of I don't know outside of Logan Webb if it will continuously hold up. Um, you know, I know they went and got a couple guys, um, Giolito and them, but I just, you know, I, I just think the Dodgers are very, very strong. And, and I'll say it again, like I, my prediction, I, I think you're going to have the Braves and Dodgers playing for a third straight year in the NLCS. I just think both those teams are really good and really deep. And uh, I, I think you could end up seeing those teams play again. Despite the Brewers' top-heavy pitching rotation, you're going Braves and Dodgers again. I am. I just, you know, I, I just, the Brewers pitching staff is phenomenal. I, I, you know, I was on the call with uh, TBS last year when the Braves and Brewers played and just offensively it now, let me, let me, let me backtrack here. If Christian Yelich comes back and he's the Christian Yelich that we knew for, for three, four years and not the last year and a half, then, then to me that could change the dynamic of that team. But, but they have to have Christian Yelich have a big year. As a former player, what what is, in your opinion, the likelihood of something like that happening? Because he was all world, right? Like he was just unstoppable as MVP year, and we have not seen anything close to that since. No, I think for him, he's got a better chance because he's still young. Um, you know, he's young enough to be able to do to me to get back to get healthy to get himself in a right spot. You know, and Milwaukee's a perfect place to do it. They love him up there. He, he's very kind of low key. And, you know, I, I got a chance to play with Christian in 16 down in Florida at the end of my career. And, I mean, what a super dude. What a great guy, great player. And, you know, so I, I would love to see him, you know, kind of turn it on and do it, you know. And, and thinking one more team from the American League, you know, you got to wonder at some point when the Angels with that lineup and, and they revamped their pitching a little bit, if they're able to make a run at some point, because I think we can all agree that we want to see Mike Trout play on the big stage. I know I do at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already consider this segment a win, Jeff, because you already spoke of the Giants in a favorable light, which you are the first person yep. to do that. And I'm so happy you did because it is it is sort of the knee jerk for people to say, oh, well, they won 107. They, you know, they overperformed. But even if they're like, I don't know, uh, you know, 17 games worse, they're still a 90 win ball club. Yep. So I'm glad Thanks. you said that. Yeah, and I just think, you know, I think the one thing they, they do a good job out there, and, 
And for all the times that, that I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of ripped Gabe Kapler when he was in Philly because I, I saw some decisions that just kind of blew me away at times. He has totally changed the way he manages now. And, and don't get me wrong, he still can be an analytical guy, but he'll also at times, you know, Darren Ruff's a good buddy of mine. Uh, I love Darren. I'm so happy that he's played well out there. You know, look, when Darren's gotten hot, he's played against righties. Numbers are not, you know, and so I think Gabe has learned. We've seen him leave Logan Webb in there to throw 110 pitches. You know, I, I think he's realized a different way. And I, to me, it, I, I just, you know, like I said, yeah, maybe they don't win that many games, but they're going to win 90 games this year, I think, no doubt. Jeff, we only have a minute left, so I'm going to just ask you to uh, speculate on these uh, season-long awards. Give me your AL MVP and your NL MVP as you see it. My AL MVP is going to go to uh, Vlad Jr. up in Toronto. I I think that team is poised to have a big year, and I think it starts with him. That guy hits the ball harder than anybody I've seen in a long time. And, you know, down here in the NL MVP, you know, I think you could go a lot of different ways. You know, I think of one guy that I would look out for is Trey Turner out in out in L.A. being there for a full year. He that guy is so dynamic, um, and, and he can do it. And another guy, depending when he gets back, if, if he gets back by late April, which they're talking about, I would not be shocked to see Ronald Acuna Jr. have a massive year this year. Yeah, Trey Turner sixteen to one. By the way, at BetMGM for those wondering, Ronald Acuna Jr. You can still get it seven to one. I have an Acuna Jr. ticket in my account, and it's one of those where just like <laughs> let me let me get it, let me just put it in my account, let me forget about it. Come up September, see how thrilled I'll be to have that. Jeff Francoeur, everybody. Jeff, really appreciate it. I would say enjoy baseball today, but uh, enjoy the Masters. We know what we're really doing. Yeah, exactly. I'll enjoy baseball tonight. How's yes. That? There we go. A little compromise. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Jeff Rancour, everybody, from uh, the Braves broadcast down there at Bally Sports South and Bally Sports Southeast. And now with TBS, Todd Wright from Augusta next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is your Visa Masters Update. Welcome to the 2022 Masters Updates live from Bar Canada at the D in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Brady Cannon bringing you the live updates from the 86th edition of the Masters Tournament. 23 players have teed off. There was about a half an hour delay, a little bit more rain down in Augusta, Georgia this morning. Jose Maria Olathabal, the two-time Masters winner, and J.J. Spawn, fresh off of that win of the Texas Open, teed off first as a two-ball. The rest of the groups go out in threes. Tiger Woods, the man of the hour, the man, the topic for the last two weeks. He is going to tee it up, and because of that delay, he was scheduled to go in about 15 minutes from now. He will go closer to 45 minutes from now, 11.04 Eastern time for the big cat when he hits the first tee. Currently, your leaders, Padraig Harrington, the former PGA and British Open champion, followed by Garrick Higo, the UNLV running rebel, and Guido Migliozzi, the Italian. They are all at one under par. Harrington currently one under par through six holes. Higo and Migliazzi both one under par through four holes. Your live odds at BetMGM have not changed. Obviously only 23 players on the course at this time. John Rahm still your favorite and Tiger Woods at BetMGM still listed at 40 to 1. We'll be back in 30 minutes with another update. Now back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. 
the numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Masters, of course, is teed off, as Brady, of course, was talking about. That doesn't mean you still can't make money this tournament. Our experts will tell you their best bets during the tournament for matchups, long shot opportunities, and which golfers have the best value to win on Sunday. Sign up today and get full access to VSIN through May. That includes the start of baseball season and our NFL draft betting guide for only $19 at VSIN.com slash spring. Brady, very excited at the D. Are they, are they holding Brady hostage at the D all day? Is that what he's doing? He's per- he's just perched up there and he's going to do updates all he's, day? He's at the uh, he's at the Megapod set. He is. I like it. Let's uh, let's get him some food during the day. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he's attending his seventh Masters in his lifetime. Some of us still trying to get to our first. He's the greatest radio voice of all time, the former host of uh, Up All Night with Todd Wright on ESPN Radio. It's Todd Wright, everybody. How you doing, Todd? Good morning, Gil. It's been a while. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you, too. Um, you are, I would assume, playing some DFS golf this weekend. Who did you end up with? Uh, obviously, various teams based on spending. It's sort of my money ball style of doing it. But uh, there wasn't anybody that I put in there that I didn't think uh, would make the cut, obviously. And you hope for a top 20. Then you hope you can compete on Sunday, get the top 10. You know, as you guys have said, when I join you with fantasy football analysis, a lot of it translates to futures or other things. So, I I mean, common names for me to play DFS. uh, Also, one of these I played in my fantasy one and done league, which is a a league for charity run by the tournament director of the Valspar Championship. My nemesis is Houston Astros television voice, Todd Callis. He always rallies <laughs> and affects up playoffs. I lead the whole regular season, and then I pull a Marty Schottenheimer, uh, RIP Marty, and then Todd rallies and beats me in this pool. Uh, I had Cam Smith at the players, so I am past even the Masters check in first place right now. But my one and done is DJ. I felt he was best to play to save some for other majors uh, later this year. But others that I played in DFS this week, Scheffler, Rom, Kepka, Zalatoris, Adam Scott, and some bargains that I liked were Cam Young and Corey Connors. Yeah, my one and done, I went Kepka last night on primetime action. We shall see. Uh, I always ask folks who are talking about Augusta and the Masters this week, the 86th Masters, where they stand on Tiger. Now, as Brady just mentioned, uh, Tiger's tee off because of the weather delay this morning is going to come at the top of the hour now, uh, about 40 minutes from now. And, you know, what's been interesting, Todd, is that a couple weeks ago, if if anybody mentioned Tiger to win this, you got Snickers, you got Chuckles. People still don't think he's going to win necessarily. But I will say that over the course of the last two weeks, people have sort of sobered up a little bit. They're like, well, it is Tiger Woods, and this is Augusta. Maybe we shouldn't laugh so hard. And so a lot of people are making Tiger to make the cut bets. I have one as well at plus 110. Where do you stand on Eldrick Tiger Woods right now heading into this tournament? Well, I saw him. By the way, I want to thank Tiger that I was a little late getting there on Tuesday where we just had the morning before the thunderstorms came and and shortened the entire day. Tiger waited for me to enter the gate before he walked out onto the grounds to applause. So thank you, Tiger. I appreciate you waiting me out. I'm sorry I didn't get there until roughly 9 a.m. I'm with those who who snickered a while back. I I don't – he thinks he can win. Of course he's going to say that. Gil, this is my seventh Masters. I've walked this course since Phil won his first in 2004 and Jack Nicklaus's last competitive round where I walked with him the entire step of the way, rain delay from Friday to Saturday, 2005. 
it takes its toll on me, and I'm an in-shape 50-something uh, now. It's just that's the physical toll we worry about. Um, Tiger got a good draw getting off early Thursday, then a lot of rest before he goes out on Friday afternoon, not quite as much as it would be for a, a double-sided draw at a normal PGA Tour event or a major with a bigger field. But I just wonder if the the terrain is going to catch up to him as much as he knows it like the back of his hand to play it physically on his body come Saturday and come Sunday. I'm with the group that are looking for a top 30-ish finish. I think that's safe. I'd be stunned if he doesn't make the cut. Uh, if something goes wrong, he would withdraw, I think, due to injury rather than not make the cut. Now, the, the, the average first-round score of Masters winners is right around two under. So, essentially, they're laying in the weeds, right? It's not like a, it's not like they go out typically to big first-round performances or big first-round leads. Um, and so, now that, the, now that the tournament has started, you know, look, by nature of what we do, and you know this better than anybody, we have to talk about the Masters. We don't have to talk about it. We talk about the Masters for weeks, if not months, in advance. And certainly, as the days approach, we talk about it a lot. But, you know, come tonight, you can make great bets, really even better bets than you could have perhaps to win this tournament even prior to the tournament starting. Give me the group of names that you are all about in this tournament and where your bets will be. Already gave you some of those names, and I look, it includes some chalk, but I left some chalk out. And, and Gil, you're right. I think the, the only tournament, you know, the players has been my nemesis, and this year I aced it with Cam Smith. Uh, for a lot of reasons, a lot of it was weather. Maybe the players is the most important event where you need to get off fast. And due to the weather, I thought Cam Smith would be resting in his own bed right down the street since he's a resident now uh, before he got back out with long delays. Um, so that $3.6 million check in my one and done is wonderful. Uh, even though Cam Smith of the favorites, he's the lowest in driving distance. And as you and Brady and others have talked about this week, driving distance is so important at Augusta National, not driving accuracy. Uh, Bryson was all over the place. I mean, it, it was like being in a splash zone with the practice round on Tuesday with where Bryson was hitting balls on the back nine when I was out there on Tuesday morning. So, yes, getting off to the fast start. There's a cliche. I don't know if you've already used it today, Gil. I'm sure you've used it this week. And it applies to a lot of golf tournaments. You can't win the Masters on mm -hmm. Thursday, but you can lose the Masters on Thursday. And you know who's been losing the Masters on Thursday ever since his collapse that I was at a number of years? Rory. Rory gets off to a horrible start, and then he just free wheels and backdoors the top 10 and makes good money and is smiling walking up 18 like what could have been. Now, if Rory gets off to any sort of fast start, now that's someone you want to hit live. Is is he, I mean, I guess he's kind of the answer, although you said if he gets off to a fast start, you want to hit him live. But who's like the elite player that you hear a lot of people talking about that you don't trust at all here? I came into this event thinking Scotty Scheffler because he's just that hot. And the odds reflect it. I mean, he's won what, three times in his last six trips. Um, and then I go back and forth on surfaces uh, and just, and he's been top 20 in his two other appearances here. 
but I worry about his putting on these bent grass greens. And that that kind of got me away from saying, I'm going to put a lot on Scheffler to win, even though he's clearly the best player in the world. He's got the driving distance. He's got the shots gained off the tee. He's got the shots gained tee to green. He's got the shots gained uh, approach and even around the green. So it was just the bent grass greens and how he puts them that scared me away a little bit from saying, yeah, that's the winner this week, but he's just so good. I would imagine, you know, that's why you're not going to get any sort of value on him in the top 10. But if he goes out and has a good putting round in round one, then clearly you can expect more of that going forward. So I know that's the best guy, but I got a lot of eyes on him early. You know what, Gil? John Rahm has been fighting his swing. I mean, really, since he competed almost head-to-head with Cam Smith at the Tournament of Champions, Rahm's been fighting his swing, and he hasn't done much. I wonder about him in the first round. Granted, it's a low number, but if he has a good first round, I mean, he has his off-the-tee numbers are insane, especially with his history at this course. Todd, great seeing you. Appreciate it. Enjoy the Masters, my friend. New cups this year, the Crow's Nest Cup. It's a special citrusy beer, $5 a cup. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the king of sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi. We'll have uh, Brady updating Masters leaderboards at every hour, I guess. So what, fifteen after the hour? Is that what we're gonna have Brady doing today? No, oh, we got we got we got him again, and uh, we got him again in, in in twenty minutes. Oh, we got him again in twenty minutes. Or excuse me, fifteen minutes. Am I allowed to update in between? Is that allowed? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it is a uh, right now three golfers: Patrick Harrington, uh, Guido Migliazzi, and uh, also uh, Lee Minwin. Lee is also one under. All three of those guys one under par. The only three golfers that are under par uh, in on this golf course right now. So um, that's the story in the early going. Minwoo Lee, Patrick Harrington, and Guido Migliazzi all tied at one under in the very early stages of the Masters. The course is winning, as they like to say, Jeff, on the early going here. Rough stop, start for uh, Jose Maria Olazabo, who uh, birdied number one in his five under in the last, or excuse me, five over in the last six. Yeah, that's not good. Tough for uh, Olazabo. Yeah, Freddie Couples three over. Molinari three over in the early going. J.J. Spawn coming off a win. He's three over through eight. Um, so, uh, again, very early stages, but we'll keep an eye on it all morning long. And Tiger set to tee off in just less than a half hour. Cannot wait for that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've searched far and wide for an undisclosed location in the desert. We have, uh, we have found the location. It's still undisclosed to you. He's now with BetUS. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the return of Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark? Gil, I'm doing so good. I'm, it's so nice to be on with the voice of sports betting. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, you know, I, I, 
I've, I've, I drove a lot in the off season around the Valley here. And, uh, I, I felt like I was one with you because I listened to you so much, you know? Oh, you're very kind. I appreciate it, Mark, man. It's good to see you. It's good to, it's good to hear about all your success. Listen, one of the things that I love about this show, Andy McNeil is on hockey night in Canada for goodness sake. Uh, it is like the equivalent of inside the NBA in Canada. Andy McNeil is on there. Jason Weingarten doing big things, some of which are yet to come. Uh, you doing big things now. I couldn't be more proud. The list goes on and on, man. So, Soar, I hope, it's a, uh, I hope it is a successful uh, relationship you have over there. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a daily show, and you're going to have the opportunity to ask questions. So it's going to be interactive. We'll be able to take some deep dives into the game and uh, – Really, really looking forward to it, Gil. And, you know, it all started with you on uh, Betting Dork. <laughs> the two, bet- what, what was it, 2008 or something like that? No, 2010, the Betting Dork, 2010. 2010. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, that's right. We met in a, in a, in a, uh, on a forum message board, I believe it was. All right, first, let's go to today's games first before I get season-long thoughts. Did you make any plays on the first day of Major League Baseball today? I do have a couple of plays. I can give out one. I need to. I need to kind of find out where that where that uh, where that is. But uh, I can tell you that it's. Uh, I'm going to go with Cleveland today, and uh, the the main reason is the 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 team uh, the starting pitching that I have. And if you look at uh, my rating for Bieber, which takes into account three metrics, which we went over on the show last year, is swinging strike percentage. Uh, expected uh, walk rate based on s based on balls divided by total pitches and then hard hit rate and I'm high on Shane Bieber I have him at 67 which means he's he is by my projections expected to suppress runs by 33 percent from the average pitcher and Granky and we could go over his advanced stats from last year but they're really really bad I've got him as a worse than average pitcher and it's hard to kind of conceptualize that with a name, but I have him 6% worse than the average pitcher. So, you know, you put that in the mix along with, I'd like the Cleveland bullpen a little bit better than, than the Royals. Uh, Offensively, I have him about even neither has a great offense, but my, my, uh, my line uh, base winner line, I have it at minus 174. And I think he can get it for like minus 120. So there's a huge disparity uh, in that particular game, Gil. Okay. I was looking for first inning yes bets uh, this morning or no bets, but I didn't like the numbers I was seeing. Uh, so nothing for me uh, uh, in terms of first innings. Uh, let's talk because we haven't had a chance to talk about your season long stuff. Did you make any futures? What are your favorite season win bets? Did you do any player props? What, what are you up to? Oh, it's, it's really crazy, Gil. I have, I, there's so many teams with value. And I just want to talk about, let's maybe talk about, we'll go to the Dodgers second, but I want to talk about this Yankees team because I, my, my projections are really bullish on this Yankee team. Uh, you know, the current season win total is 91.5. My projections have them at 101.7. It's my favorite season win total of the year. And, uh, I mean, the way it shakes out, they're third in baseball offensively. I, I thought their rotation is about seventh, and their bullpen is second. So, you know, you put it all in the mixer there, and they're, you know, there's six games by my projections. Well, 95.9 I have for Toronto, so maybe like five games uh, better than Toronto. 
And uh, I actually have Toronto at 95.9, so they're above their, their win total. But I really, I really thought that that was an interesting number uh, for the Yankees. That's my favorite play is, is on, on the, uh, the season win total scale. Is that one of your favorite season wins of all time, dare I, dare I ask that? Because that's a big difference, right? It's, it's pretty big. I think I've seen it. At, I think I've seen 12s and 13s over the years. Hmm. But the other, the other play that's a really, I think, good, just kind of tie in with that one is, is the Yankees. Uh, to win the division. And, uh, you know, I have them based on those numbers at like, it's, it's insane. It's like 92%. So, and they're priced at minus 225. So I think that's a really good play uh, to, to, to look at the Yankees in, in a lot of different markets, because I just, by, by my numbers, they're, they're, they're strong. What was it that you wanted to say about the Dodgers? Thought I heard you say Dodgers there for a second. Yeah, this team's this team's pretty amazing. I have them as as much as I like the Yankees. I have the Dodgers ranked a little bit better at 103.8 uh, wins. They're at 98.5, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at that. I know it's a high number, but if you look at over the last three years for the Dodgers, they would have hit that number. And with 2020, what I did is I extrapolated there their 60 game record and it would have been 116 wins in 2020. Uh, and so they've been over that number the last three years. I don't really see them. I, I think that they're as good or better uh, this year offensively. Now this is the really most interesting number uh, from an offensive standpoint on how much better they are than the next team. So I have them against an average pitcher. I have that, that offense production at 5.72 runs per game. And then the next team is the is the Toronto Blue Jays at 5.34. So it's almost like it's almost like four tenths of a run uh, their offense compared to the number two offense. And uh, I thought that was interesting. One thing that uh, that I do like, and I think that you'll be happy about, is I have the the Giants over their win total. They're at 85.5. I have Thank them at you. 88.2. Now check this out. You'll really even like this better. Uh, the team pitching. I have it number two in baseball, the starting rotation. And then they really falter with their offense and their relief. But, you know, the rotation, that's a, that's a legit rotation, Gil. Yeah, I mean, listen, for me, it's, it's I get it. You know, 107 wins, overperforming, everybody was on all cylinders. But, yeah, like I said, if you're 20 games worse, you're still winning 87 games. People need to slow down on the uh, total collapse of a team that has a genius uh, as their uh, as their player personnel guy in Farhan Zaidi. So I mean, yeah. Uh, if if the Dodgers and the Yankees are the teams that you're the most bullish on, and that's interesting because they're high end teams, right? You wouldn't necessarily expect that. What's the clubber clubs in our final ninety seconds here that you actually project way lower than the market does? Well, I don't like the Tigers, and I know that's a, that's a sexy pick for a lot of people. But uh, the Tigers, let me let me just pull up their their win projection, Gil. I have them at 67.6 wins, and they're at 78.5. So that's a that's a 10 game difference in the win total. And, and again, it just comes down to those raw numbers that go into the model. And uh, you know, put it in the mixer, and it's 70 or 67.6 wins, and that's a big disparity. So that's probably my favorite under, Gil. Okay. Um, and then in terms of, do you do any player stuff? You know, I'm going to do a couple of things this year, and they're they're interesting, and I think they're going to be fun. Um, you know, we did the Cy Young last year. You kind of put me on the spot, and I was I remember on the show, I was like, oh well, who do I like? I looked at the base winner number, and I uh-huh. I came up with Robbie Ray, and that man, that worked out like a charm. At a so. hundred to one at the time, and we all snickered. 
Yeah, it was like, I mean, I was the laughing stock of, of the, the, uh, <laughs> the baseball hipster handicappers for, <laughs> for, for a couple of weeks, but yeah. then, then it turned out to be pretty good. But, yeah. uh, I'm actually going to put him in the mix. I'm going to go with four American League pitchers. And basically, Real quick. I, I looked at the projected strikeouts for these four guys, and I put them in a group, and it comes out to about a three-to-one if you if you you know balance your bet with each guy you know, compared to his odds. Robbie Ray, Kevin Gassman, Noah Syndergaard, Dylan Seaskill. Ooh, Robbie Ray, Kevin, Kevin Gassman, Ga- Noah Syndergaard, Dylan Cease. Okay. That's Mark, group I saw young bet. Yep. Mark, don't forget about the little people now that you're big time. We love you. Gil, you got to come out here for spring training next year. You got to get that approved right now. I want to do that. Mark Borchard, everybody. Will Hill on the NBA and more next. This is your Beeson Masters update. Brady Cannon back here live with your Masters update at the D in downtown Las Vegas. Opening round underway. Tiger Woods will tee it up in about 19 minutes from now. There was about a half hour rain delay earlier this morning. Tiger now scheduled to go off at 11.04 Eastern time. Guido Migliazzi is still your leader. He's gotten it to two under par, had a big par save, left about a 15-foot putt short, and then buried it to make par there and stay at two under par through through six holes. Harry Higgs, the big rig, is at two under through four holes. Minwoo Lee, the final player in red numbers, he's at one under through four holes. Padraig Harrington dropped a shot at seven. He's at even par. He'll try and get that back on the par five eighth hole. Sepp Straka, Stuart Sink, Brian Harmon, Zach Johnson, Mackenzie Hughes, and Taylor Gooch all at even par. And Fred Couples birdies the sixth hole to get it to two over for the day. Luke List just getting ready to tee off. He's at one over. We'll be back in another half hour with another Masters update live from downtown Las Vegas. Be sure to check out our Masters recap and updated futures bets from the Long Shots crew after every round at vsin.com. Now back to Gil Alexander and a numbers game. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on vsin, the sports betting network. Well, the Masters is teed off. That doesn't mean you still can't make money this tournament. Our experts are going to tell you their best bets during the tournament for matchups, long shot opportunities, and which golfers have the best value to win on Sunday. Sign up today and get full access to VEASAN through May. That includes the start of baseball season and our NFL draft betting guide for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash spring. It is Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay here as well. Uh, Jeff, you got uh, Guido Migliazzi and uh, Harry Higgs on top of your leaderboard right now? Yes, I do. Yeah, you, you had any picks on them? Any bets? No? Uh, no, not quite. No? Early stages of the first round of the Masters. Can't wait to watch all day long. We do have tennis picks. Uh, yesterday, we went either 1-0 or we split them, depending on where you bet. And I was just railing about this epidemic that's happening in tennis, and especially on the ladies' side, sadly, where a lot of withdrawals are happening. Ladies are just walking off the court. It's like, oh, I'm down. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk off. But typically, it happens. You know, we we were up in a match, six love, one love over the weekend, and then the opponent withdrew. And so, if you bet, here's here's how tennis bets are typically graded. Again, some books you have to finish a match entirely. Some, if a set is completed, then it will be graded. There's a very small percentage of them that you just have to get on the court. It really falls into those two major categories. But we had a pick on Kinwen Zhang, who had won for us a couple days ago, Jeff. She was, it was a third set. She had won the first set. She dropped the second yesterday. Third set, she's down 5-2, and she's down love 30, two points away from losing, and she walks off the court. 
So we got one of those back two points away from losing. <laughs> Many people got a refund. Most got a refund. Or you can't win, just, just walked off the court. Some people were joking on Twitter that I made a call. I don't know. Maybe I did. You don't know. Uh, but we got the win in the other one on Claire Lou. So you're either 1-0 and or you split yesterday. Today, three picks. Three, both on the men's and the ladies' side. There's four tournaments going on in the world right now. Two on the men's and two on the ladies' side. Uh, the first one is going to be right at about 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon. So while you're watching Augusta, maybe you have some tennis action. Is the big dog, Vit Kapriva. Plus 229 over Bodic van de Zenschulp. We'll put these all in the newsletter. Jeff's work is cut out for him today. Uh, but Vit, Vit Kopria, uh, Kopriva rather, is a player. That's K-O-P-R-I-V-A. Is a player that I actually bet on off, off here. Didn't mention this on this show. But he has really good clay court numbers. Uh, we've bet on van de Zenschulp on other surfaces before. But Kopriva at plus 229 is the play this morning. Vit Kopriva. Plus 229 over Bodic van de Zanschulp. Uh, then on the ladies' side, uh, we got Angelina Kalanina. It rhymes. That's how you probably remember it. Angelina Kalanina at minus 116 over Alizé Cornet. So you have two ladies' players whose names rhymes. We're taking Angelina Kalanina over Alizé Cornet. I got uh, Kalanina at minus 116. Not sure what the prices are on these right now, uh, but I think Kalanina might have gone up a little bit. Don't go too crazy uh, high above that. Don't go higher than minus 130 on Kalanina. And then the big one tonight, uh, another dog on the men's side, Alejandro Tabilo over Taylor Fritz. Now, Taylor Fritz has had himself quite the stretch uh, during his career here. He won, obviously, at Indian Wells, but Tabilo on clay is awesome. And at plus 140, that's the play over Taylor Fritz. So it's Copriva, Kalanina, and Tabilo. Those are your three tennis picks of the day. William Hill joins us, everybody, at Not The Will Hill on Twitter, the host of the New York City podcast. How you doing, Will? Back's a little tight. I might withdraw from this segment. We'll see how it goes. If it doesn't go well early, I'll just kind of walk off and maybe get them tomorrow. I mean, it's crazy with this stuff. We're betting big money on this. Come on. We're betting on this stuff, man. Come on. Although that one worked out splendidly for us uh, yesterday. My goodness, what a gift that was. As it turns out, we deserve a couple of those. Uh, okay, uh, any baseball picks today on opening day? Anything. Sure. What do you got? Sure. Oh, you're always down uh, for baseball. Yeah, I took the Mets. Uh, I'm fading Corbin. If you look at Corbin's, uh, not only his traditional stats, where I, I know it's not cool to talk about ERA anymore, and he had almost a six ERA, and he's basically been shot ever since that World Series a couple years ago. Uh, you know, spin rate, uh, velocity, all of his underlying metrics are just awful. Uh, McGill actually threw the ball pretty well last year for the Mets. It's uh, it's crazy. I mean, Jeff, I'm sure Jeff is shaking his head over there. The idea that you're going to start with DeGrom and Scherzer one, two, now you're starting Tyler McGill day one, but uh, he's actually throwing the ball pretty well. You can get the Mets minus 120. This is uh, a fate of Corbin as much as anything. So that's one of them. I also took, boy, this is going to get some getting used to the guardians, the Cleveland guardians, uh, Grinky starting opening day for the Royals. My goodness. He was basically, you know, break glass in case of emergency last year for the Astros. Now he's starting game one for the Royals. Bieber still, you know, one of the best pitchers uh, in the sport. So late it with the Guardians. I think those are the two. I might have a third one, but those are the two for now. You and Mark Borchard, both on the Guardians uh, this afternoon, 410 Eastern, 110 Pacific. Jeff didn't react to your Mets pick, but uh, I should point out because Mark Borchard just liked Noah Syndergaard as one of his best value plays in pitching. And and you go by the, well, he's left the Mets. Now he's going to get great again theory. On well, that. I just needed one other smart person to say, go ahead. He's got value. And I was going to yeah. bet it. Yeah, you were you, oh, you were anxious. Oh, I to was bet. ready to go. Yeah. I just needed one, one more, one more, and there we go. And Borchard was enough. 
Will, are you making any NBA bets here in the final weekend, if you will? Let's count tonight as the weekend, the final weekend of the NBA season. Like the Celtics, for instance, are in such a fascinating situation because yeah. it's like, okay, Brooklyn's probably going to end up seven when the play-in is over. So do we really want to be two? And then we got to try to, and this is really, this is worse for the Celtics would be, we definitely can't end up playing the Raptors, who are right now five. So we don't want to be four. So I like I don't know with a lot of teams, but specifically the Celtics, I don't know how you bet on these games. Are you at all? Sparingly, I mean it's tough. Some of the some of the lineups Oklahoma City threw out the other night, and I had Oklahoma City under twenty three and a half wins. They went as fourteen point favorites against Phoenix on Sunday, and then they're down like fifteen late in the third quarter uh, against Portland. And basically, five guys have never heard of come back and win the game. It's crazy right now the NBA. But you, you bring up a good point. I mean, the top is so congested with these three with Boston. Milwaukee, Philly. I don't think Milwaukee's scared of anyone. The Celtics maybe look at it and say, hey, we'd rather play the Nets than play the Raptors. If we know a couple of these guys aren't vaccinated, yes. it doesn't sound like Brown is vaccinated. Who knows about Tatum? I know he's given some strange answers in the past and he didn't play in Toronto uh, a week or two ago. So it's fascinating. Then you have the other aspect of Philly playing in Toronto. So does Philly, you know, what's Philly want to do? They don't probably don't want to play Toronto either. I'm sure these teams would, you know, give a limb to somehow draw the bulls in the first round, which is basically uh, a first round buy in what's a really good Eastern conference. So uh, the, the six and a half looks interesting tonight. If anything, I would take the six and a half, but you know, wouldn't be a big bet if anything. Yeah. I mean, it is, you're right. They would, would absolutely like to get paired up with with the Bulls, which would mean you would end up third probably at this point. It looks like it's almost a, a done deal that you would have to end up third, which is virtually impossible to try to figure out how you yeah. could manipulate that. And, and, and you said it, it is actually a better fate for the Celtics. If those guys are not vaccinated, I'm talking Jalen Brown and Tatum uh, and Horford, if they are not, and we don't know that they're not, but we have an inkling that they might not be. Because Jalen Brown did the whole, eh, it's a personal thing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, if it, it is a better fate for them to actually face the Brooklyn Nets than the prospect of facing a Raptors team where they won't have their guys for three out of seven games potentially, which is just the most unbelievably weird quirk to be in. So keep all that in mind uh, in the NBA down the stretch. Masters, uh, did you make any Masters plays just in our final 30 seconds here? I got Burns. I think, you know, first time player there. We don't, you don't usually see that, uh, you know, a first time winner uh, making his debut at Augusta, but we saw Zalatoris last year play pretty well. His first time out there, all his numbers across the board are really good. I love Burns. So I think 45, 50 to one, he was out there. So rooting for Samuel Burns this week. I would really greatly appreciate a Sam Burns victory. <laughs> You'd greatly appreciate it. And we get to use the word debutante once a year, right? For the first, you know, yes. we don't ever use that word again. Fuzzy Zeller in 1979, of course, the last first timer to win the masters. All right, man. Well, look, the New York city cast, wherever podcasts are distributed, you're doing a great job with it. You had young Jeff Parlay on yes. fabulous guest. Um, keep doing we mush the Mets. Yeah. Appreciate it. He sure did. <laughs> That's what he did. Jacob DeGrom immediately got hurt. It's all Jeff's fault. Thank you. See will you appreciate it, man. Will Hill, appreciate everybody it. at not the will Hill. That's with two E's on the V on Twitter, the New York City cast, wherever podcasts are distributed. Unscripted with the Crack Man. Next, Bill Krakenberger. Day two of the Crack Man. On the way on the numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 